Alright, we left off. The author he said, so he says, Rahimullah, uh, beware of the following things. Okay, beware of the following things. Number one, So this literally means the places of heedlessness. Okay, so like there will be places and times and things and stuff that when you're in them, you're generally going to not do what you really should be doing. Because it's going to lead to some level of heedlessness. It's going to lead to some level of forgetting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, so that's a place to stay away from. It's going to take us in the wrong direction. Then he says number two, وَمَخَاتِلْ adu is the um, basically like the tricks and the deceptions of the enemy. The tricks and deceptions of the enemy. Uh, we have a number of enemies, obviously. You know, one of our enemies is very clear: is Shaitan. And Shaitan will do different things to cause problems between people, like, for example, uh, causing them to think ill of one another, causing them to assume bad things about one another. Uh, Shaitan has its own ways, and the nafs also has its own ways, right? The the base self has its own ways. Will get us like worried about power and pride and all of these kinds of different things. And that will be the way that we make decisions. And of course, we also have actual enemies, right? We have actual enemies too. And actual enemies will have also their own ways of, uh, of trapping people, you know? Maybe they'll paint things to be other than the way that they are. Maybe they'll uh, confuse us and make things not so that we don't understand things properly. Maybe they'll get us tied up in things that will cause us to be weak, um, whether that's materially or physically or otherwise. But there's many possibilities. The, the point, I think one of the main points of this is to understand that we don't live in a world that is without enemies. I think sometimes the um, uh, like comfort and safety sometimes cause us to fall into a state where we believe that we don't have enemies. The reality is that we always have enemies. There are always enemies to ourselves. There are always enemies to our people. There are always enemies to uh, our religion. And uh, that's the reality of the world. We want to pretend like it's otherwise, that's fine. But it's going to catch up eventually. So I might as well just stay on post. Number three is Tarabat al-Hawa. Tarabat al-Hawa is basically like the, the, like the waves of desires. You know, like you have a, we have a desire and it will keep pushing on us, the desire will keep pushing on us, pushing on us, pushing on us, until we give in to it. So this is also, uh, like, you know, maybe someone is inclined to do something that they know they really shouldn't do, right? And they beat it the first time. But then it comes again. <laughs> and they have to beat it a second time. And it comes again, they have to beat it a third time, you know? So it'll come over and over again until, and we have to keep uh, pushing back those desires and winning that battle, inshallah. And then he says, uh, You know, the, uh, 
it's kind of similar, but like this, uh, uh, the things that we want, it's like it's, it's pulling on us so hard. And uh, the note in the footnote is that the reality is essentially that whatever desire it is that we have, subhanAllah, whatever relief, like the patience it takes to overcome that desire is less than the patience it takes to deal with the consequences of doing it. Okay? So like say, I don't know. What's a hypothetical scenario? Maybe someone is trying to control their anger about something. And it takes some effort to control the anger. But it's going to take a lot more effort to clean up the mess. Right? Like, the moment we, you know, the anger, the temper is lost, is going to be, like, the consequence, the cleanup is going to be far worse. It's going to be much more difficult. SubhanAllah. This is true with a lot of things. Mm. Okay, and then he says, uh, amani nafs, amani nafs, amani nafs. Basically, like the, the hopes of one, the, the kind of like false hopes of oneself. You know, sometimes we have these dreams that don't really make a whole lot of sense. They haven't really been thought through very much. You know, we think that it's just going to be this way because we wanted it to be that way. And um, it's like we probably played too many video games at that point or like watched too many commercials that were trying to sell us something. Like, it doesn't always work like that, you know? Sometimes there's actual challenges that we have to overcome, but and that's okay. But we should try to, again, see things as they are. Because the Prophet ﷺ said that the worst of your enemies is your nafs that's between your two sides. And so what makes the nafs the worst of the enemies is that we follow it. He says, uh, has to be afterwards, he says, because we follow it. That's what makes it the worst enemy, not because it exists. Because we have this capacity inside of ourselves, ideally, that capacity is put towards what's good. If it's put towards what's good, then good things can be done, right? Like, human beings are supposed to have the qualities that we have internally. People are supposed to have strength, they're supposed to have courage, they're supposed to have um, power, they're supposed to have all of these different things that human beings have, generosity, and all of those come from the same places. But um, some level of self-control, we're supposed to have these things. And the nafs is what gives us those things. But it gives us those things when the nafs has been put in its place under the leadership of the intellect. Um, and so, uh, <clears throat> what makes it our enemy is not that it exists. This is not like a Buddhist thing, you know? Like, what makes it our enemy is not that it exists. What makes it our enemy is that we don't control it. If we leave it to be in charge instead of us putting it, being in charge of it, then that's what makes it our enemy. Um, but we have to, with like our mind and our intellect, and be be the one commanding the ship, not the other way around. Then he says, "وكل أمر نشتبه عليك فيه الحق فاعرضه على الكتاب والسنة والآداب الصالحة." Uh, that's a good advice. SubhanAllah. So he gives us advice. He says, anytime an issue becomes unclear to you, right? You have a situation, then you're trying to understand, it's not clear to you. What's the right way here? What's the wrong way here? 
He says, if you have that situation, then put this thing in front of the following. فَعْرِدْهُ You know, like, kind of, if you were to imagine, you guys probably know by now, uh, because I'm, uh, I was kind of raised to be a very linear person, very kind of like engineering type minding. Um, over the years, I tried to start imagining things. I find it difficult because I'm not accustomed to it, but alhamdulillah, Arabic language helps. So if you use فَعْرِدْهُ uh, you can kind of imagine, like the word here is kind of like you're, you're, you're displaying it. So it's kind of like you have this issue, and I'm going to put this, say you have like a panel, right? You have a panel of people, you're going to show up in front of the panel, you're going to make your pitch, or you're going to make your presentation or whatever. You're saying, you take this issue that you have, put it in front of the panel. What is the panel? The panel is the Qur'an and the Sunnah and, uh, and, and righteous adab, righteous adab. Righteous character, okay. Put it in front of these things, and if it, if it still doesn't become clear to you after you've done that, what it is that you're supposed to do, then take the opinion of someone who you are satisfied with their deen and their aql. Take the opinion of someone you're satisfied of their deen and their aql. Very actually interesting and important what he said. Um, There's some footnotes down here. There are kind of things that we've talked about a lot before. So it's, he's basically saying in the footnotes, like, any matter of spirituality, any matter of righteousness, whatever else it might be, it has to go through the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So anyone who's claiming to be on some sort of spiritual path or doing some spiritual thing or whatever, has to go through the Qur'an and the Sunnah. If it doesn't pass the... Um, questioning in the sense of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, then the thing's rejected, whatever it is. So, you know, it's very important that we get these things straight. And we, we don't get them mixed up. And then he says, and you put it in front of also, an adab as-saliha, no, righteous good character. You've seen people who do righteousness, hopefully we've seen people like that. Seen people who live righteous lives, they do good things. We look at, okay, how would they handle this situation? That's, I think, actually a little bit harder today than it used to be in the past. That's my opinion. Um, you know, I think when you live with people every single day, the reality of social life is very different. Like, I'll, I, if, I'll give you an example. So you see it, like, for better or for worse, human beings are human beings, right? We're not saying what's right or what's wrong. Like, if you go to high school, I can say that for, for sure, like when we were in high school, you have a lot of people in the high school, right? public school, a lot of people in the high school, a lot of things going on, whatever. It's very clear who's who. Because you're there every single day. You see these people day in and day out, right? You're in class with them, you see them, you interact with them, you go to this with them, you go to that with them, all this kind of stuff is happening, you know who's who. This person's in charge, this person's second in command, this person's part of the group, but he's kind of a sifra al-shimal, like he's a, zero, he's a zero on the left, my favorite Egyptian diss. You're a zero on the left. <laughs> think about it. You have to think about it a little bit to understand it. You know, this person is like part. He's kind of there, but he doesn't really matter. Like you know exactly the situation. This person, they, they're a little bit crazy, but like they actually have some mind to them. This person, they're just actually they don't really know what they're doing at all. Like you can kind of know who's who. And I think in in societies where people were living with each other all the time, that was really clear. Like it's it's clear who's 
who's who's who. And um, I don't. So so then, when you want to see good character, you know where to look for it. It's not always you know. Again, human beings will do different things. They're not always looking to find good character. But if they wanted to find it, they know it. Okay, this is the person. You know, like even when you're in school, you're like, okay, I know who to go to if I want to do well in class. I'll go to this one. I want. I know who I should trust. I know who I don't trust. So on and so forth. It becomes very clear, and you understand it kind of in a natural way. I think because our lives are so disjointed, uh, we don't have the kind of data points that give us a true understanding of what's what. So we get like little pieces here and there, and then later on you get other pieces, and you're like, whoa, subhanAllah. That's interesting. So uh, then he says in the end, he says, فَإِنْ خَفِيَ عَلَيْكَ أَمْرُهُ فَخُذْ فِيهِ رَأْيَ مَنْ تَرْضَى دِينَهُ وَعَقْلِهُ says then, if you look at, if put, it, put it in front of the Qur'an, put it in front of the Sunnah, put it in front of good character, it's still not clear to you what to do, then take it to someone who you're satisfied with their deen and you're satisfied with their aql. Okay, you're satisfied with their deen and you're satisfied with their aql, their intellect. One of the righteous people, I think it was Ghazali, rahimahullah, but one of the people, he said, also you can't, he said, you don't trust someone's deen until you've, until you've tested their aql. You, know, so you have to you have to test their intellect. Are they someone who understands or not? And I think this is one of the the challenges that we have. You know, we we need to have righteous good people, and these righteous good people also need to be functional. Like they know how to deal with the world. They know how to handle situations. You can rely on them. They're trustworthy. You know, like the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. There's no doubt in my mind that when he went into any situation. He had no question that like Abu Bakr is on this side and Omar's on this side and no matter what goes down I can trust the response of these people. Like whatever it is. If it's an intellectual issue, if it's an economic issue, if it's a political issue, if it's a social issue, if like violence has to take place, he knows all these people, I can trust them for anything. Right? So the 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 believer has to actually be like this. This is part of the Sunnah of the Prophet that they can handle things. Like, okay, there's a situation. This is how we handle the situation. Allah help us. So then he says, "Wa'alam ala al-haqi, anna wa'alam anna al-haqa, wa'alam anna ala al-haqi shahidan bi qabul al-nafsi lah. Ala tara li qawli Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam istafri qalbaka wa in aftaka al-muftun." He says, <coughs> "And know the truth has a witness for it." In your nafs, accepting it. This is again why the nafs. The nafs isn't all bad. But truth has a witness in your nafs, accepting it. Means what? It means if something is right, it should sit well with you. If something is right, it should sit well with you. Of course, there's two possibilities here. One of them is that it's not right. right? So it doesn't sit well with us. The other possibility is that we're not right. <laughs> So, so it takes a little bit of. I think I mentioned this. Maybe that was in a different place, but you know, like the great, the great American poet J. Cole, he said that you know you're blaming me because I followed my heart, but my heart was tainted. It's a very interesting line, right? He's saying my heart was tainted, so I wasn't able to understand things the way that they were. So my immediate reaction was this or this. That's not what it is. But ideally, if a person is generally sound, they're looking at a situation, it doesn't sit well with them, then maybe there's something to be had from it. 
Maybe there's something to be thought about. <clears throat> and this, subhanAllah, this is a gift from the Prophet He says, so ask your heart, even if people are giving you fatwa otherwise. Ask your heart, even if people are giving you fatwa otherwise. And um, that's such a gift from the Prophet Because in reality, you'll see this a lot. You see people who say and do really dumb and outrageous things in the name of religion. And then they justify it by religion. And the person who's on the receiving end of it is thinking to themselves like, they're in a really tough spot, you know? Like I've had people literally say to me, uh, you know, this is what I was told. And like an imam said it, so I thought it was true. But it really made me question like whether or not this whole thing is true. And sometimes it's really ridiculous stuff, like, <clears throat> you know, very unwise things sometimes are said in the names of religion, in the name of religion, and then people are like, well, I don't understand, you know, what's going on, and then you talk to them about it, and they realize, like, okay, there was maybe more to the picture than they were told, and, you know, so there's, there's a... We want to be aligned. We want to be disjointed people. Oh man, here it is. It's creeping up. This is the problem. Whatever is going on, it's going to creep up. It's going to find some way out. Uh, we don't want to be disjointed people. So what happens if what 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 the Prophet ﷺ is telling us here is that like we have a capacity inside of ourselves to generally know what's right, and if we ignore that then we create a problem inside of ourselves. And that problem that we've created inside of ourselves now allows a number of different things. One of the things that it allows is abuse. And um, subhanAllah, you know. Uh, abuse is a big problem. Our community, you know. Um, <coughs> you know, I'll just be really blunt about it. I wasn't raised in the Muslim community, obviously. You know, you guys know that. And uh, uh, let's just say that my parents decided that they didn't want to, they didn't want to raise us with abuse. Okay? And so that wasn't what I was accustomed to. You know, not in my own household, not really even in the households of people who are like close to me growing up. And when I came into the Muslim community, it was like a lot of shock, you know. Like, no wonder we're such a broken people. You know, no wonder we have pharaohs that, that rule over us as a people. We're basically a bunch of pharaohs in our houses. And the way that we treat our children and the way that we, like, it's really horrible, subhanAllah. And it creates a really screwed up psychology. And it's not the, it's not the fault of the people who are on the receiving end, but like it really messes people up. And you start making excuses for things. You, you don't see things as they are. You, it's it's really uh, <coughs> it's really uh, a very scary thing. Subhanallah. May Allah help us. And you know. And and please, if you're going to be abusive, just this is going to sound really bad, but please, if you're going to be abusive, just be abusive. Don't do it in the name of religion. Like, just do it in the name of yourself. Like, this is me. I have a problem. I haven't fixed it yet. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> but don't do it in the name of the Prophet. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
don't do it in the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, um, and the more you could stay away from smaller children in that, the better. Because small children especially are awliya. And, you know, if you harm the awliya, then Allah declares war on you. So these are kind of like serious things. Um, and it's very clear why. I mean, you deal with really small children and you see the utter purity in them. It's like the only thing that messed them up is us. SubhanAllah. Um, sometimes things are out of our control, you know. Sometimes the economic realities of our life, of our existence, of the world that we live in, so on and so forth, doesn't allow us to make maybe some of the best choices that we would want to make or whatever else. There could be, I'm not trying to blame anyone. You know, people do the best that they can. But the point is that uh, we, should, we should try to uh, do better on this issue. <coughs> Because otherwise what happens is the heart doesn't understand. And one of, the, one of the things that people who are very oppressive they'll do is they'll exceed the limits on, in their interaction and then, the, and then they'll give you, give you gifts afterwards. Right? And they'll combine between these two. And then you're always confused. You know? And you, you, you like stay because of it, you know? Or you accept it because of it. Or, or, but they're a really nice person because they like gave me this or they did that or whatever else. No, they're not. No, they have issues. They need to deal with their issues. That was my calm commentary on this issue. Really. Now, may Allah help us. But we have to get it right. And truth is truth. You know, sometimes truth doesn't feel good. But truth is truth. وراعي همك بمعرفتي قرب الله منك وقم بين يديه مقام العبد المستجير تجده رؤوفا رحيما He said رضي الله تعالى عنه قيد الجوارح بإحكام العلم What an expression He said um, He said basically lock your limbs down with the uh, what's that word thing they use on the horse bridle so it is like lock your limbs down with the bridle of knowledge don't ask me why i'm choosing that translation but it seems right for some reason if i thought about it I'd probably figure it out but lock your limbs down with the bridle of knowledge you know, hold them in place with knowledge and beware of your uh, of your asp your aspirations or your intentions by remembering Allah's closeness to you. So basically we have things that we incline towards, right? I'm probably uh, inclining towards saying more about things than I should. But then you have to rein it in. You have to rein it in because knowledge tells you to do that. And because recognizing that Allah is close and Allah takes us to account and so on and so forth. And that should also rein us in, right? And then he says, and stand in front of Allah, the standing of a servant who's... Uh, Seeking the, the, the protection of the Lord, right? And if you do that, you'll find him merciful and uh, kind and merciful. You'll find him kind and merciful.
Okay, I think there's a story here I should read. Let me see. It says, um, So there was a man who used to give people rides on a mule or a donkey or something for a cost, you know? Like, basically, he would rent a car. <laughs> he, was a, he would rent the vehicle to them. They could go on their journey, whatever. But it was his riding animal. So he would ride on these journeys with them, okay? And uh, this man wanted to go on this trip, so he, he went with him, and they were going on the route, and he said, uh, go down this path. And, uh, and it wasn't like a normal path that you would take, you know? A person was like, go down this way. And he's like... He, and he told them, I don't know that path. Right? He's the one who's leading the, the, the rider, like the renter, told him, go down this path. And he's like, I don't know this path, you know? And the guy tells him, uh, it's a shorter path. He's like, so we went down that path. At that point, of course, you know you're already in dangerous territory, right? He's going down that path, and they come to like a big valley. And in that valley, there's a lot of dead bodies. And then the guy tells him, uh, hold on to the to the reins of the horse or the mule. What's a bavil? Bavil is mule. I think it's a mule, right? And so I can get down. So he gets down, uh, and then he kind of like it doesn't make sense. And if you you know like when <laughs> we see it in Egypt all the time, when when uh, someone has a thoban. This is maybe not funny, but it's funny when they have a thoban and they have pants underneath, and then they want to fight. Then they they like roll the thobe up, they pull it up, and, they, and then they kind of like make it long and they tie it. So and then they tie it so the thobe is above their knees, they're not going to trip on it, and they can go <laughs> do whatever they need to do, right? So this guy gets down uh, off the animal and he pulls his thobe up and he, he ties it. And when he does that, then he takes out uh, a weapon. Uh, where did it go? Takes out a weapon and he comes towards the, the owner of the animal. So he says, I, I ran away from him and he followed me. Uh, and I, I called out to him, I said, by Allah, just take the mule, but leave me alone. He says, it's not the mule that I want, I want to kill you. So, and I, I reminded him of Allah and the punishment of Allah and everything else, and he wouldn't accept anything. He's like, so I eventually I was taken by this man. Uh, and, he, and then I told him, may, like, would you possibly just let me pray two rakah before you kill me? <laughs> you know? So, subhanAllah. He says, so I asked him that, and he, he, uh, he told me, go ahead, but hurry up. He says, so I stood up to pray. <clears throat> and when I stood up to pray, I, I couldn't remember anything that I had memorized from the Qur'an. Like my memory just went away, you know. Stood up to pray, I couldn't remember anything from the Qur'an. Uh, not even a single letter. So he says, I was just standing there confused, I didn't know what to do. And the guy's telling me, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Uh, and then he said, then Allah brought onto my tongue, the verse from the Qur'an, who is it who will help the one who's in a serious need and answer their dua and take care of their difficulty? He says, uh, he says, and when I read that verse, then all of a sudden a rider showed up from the other side of the valley and he had a spear in his hand and he threw the spear and he killed the guy. He says, then, فَتَعَلَقْتُ بِالْفَارِسِ He says, so I, I was like, you know, I, I hugged this guy, I was happy to see him, so on and so forth, by this... Uh, this writer who came out of nowhere, and I said to him, Billahi man anta. I said to him, By Allah, who are you? He said, Ana abdu man yujibul mutarra idha ta'ahu yakshifu su. 
<laughs> he said, I'm the, I'm, I'm the servant of this verse. So the idea here, the idea here is that there are people, I mean, this is a different realm, right? But th there's people who, they're like the manifestation of that verse in, in people's lives, in the lives of the world, right? So this verse that says, who's going to answer the call of the one who's in need is about talking to Allah, right? So the idea is that if someone calls honestly by that verse, then this person will appear. <laughs> it says, I'm the abd of this verse. Uh, he said, so I left afterwards in safety. I took my animal, I left in safety. SubhanAllah. So, so this is a story of uh, standing in front of Allah, the standing of a servant who's seeking the protection of Allah. You'll find him merciful and, uh, and kind and merciful. SubhanAllah. Oh my God, it's, almost six, it's only 6 o'clock. <laughs> We've only been doing this for half an hour. <clears throat> All right. I guess we keep going. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله عز وجل ينزل العبد من نفسه بقدر منزلته منه. He said that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم says that Allah uh, basically holds the servant in the with himself, the way that the servant holds Allah with himself. Right? Allah, uh, our relationship with Allah is the way that we think about Allah. Right? So if we think Allah can't help us, if we think Allah won't aid us, if we think like all negativity and so on and so forth, then it's going to be difficult, right? We're not going to get that. But if we think well of Allah, we find Allah generous. We think Allah is generous, we find Allah to be generous. We, find, we think of Allah to be merciful, we find Allah to be merciful. Here's another reason why abusive parenting is a problem. Because, however, usually the first uh, interaction that a person has with their Lord is essentially a transposition of uh, their interaction with their parents. So if they understood their parents to be like, really abusive and domineering and all of these kind of things and usually they understand the law to be that way and they have to they have to kind of work through that right but if the parenting relationship is different then the person's understanding of Allah will be different right so uh, anyways so we if we think well of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know there's a strength to it there's one there's one statement I haven't found it since the first time I read it, so I won't attribute it to who I remember it being from. But he said, and I always found it incredible. He said, أَدْفَعُ الْقَدْرَ اللَّهِ بِقَدْرِ I was like, whoa, this is, this is like a really intense statement. It says, I, you know, like the qadr, the decree of Allah. He said, I push, I push back on the decree of Allah with the decree of Allah. I think about that a little bit. <laughs> you know, like that's a really... Uh, like I'm not just passively observing this thing It's not just happening to me I'm just here and like life is happening to me And I have no role in it He's like no Things happen And Allah brings qadr And I respond to that qadr with another qadr I'm just going to keep going and make it happen You know 
I'm gonna do another thing, yes. No, no, it's not a hadith. It's a statement of a righteous person. Qadr. The Qadr, both of them the Qadr. Yeah. Uh, not the, yeah, it's a very common mistake. People do it a lot. I noticed in English, people do it a lot. Qadr is different than Qadr. Right? Like Laylatul Qadr. Laylatul Qadr is not Qadr. Like with the Fatha. Fatha on the Dal is different than a Sukun on the Dal. Sukun on the Dal is like the power or the. Yeah. But the Fatha on the Dal is the decree of Allah. So. That's interesting though, I wonder. Because you wouldn't really know. Because the word, the text is not going to have the harakat. So theoretically, it could have been adfa'u qadar Allah bil qadrillah. Could be. It's not too different. Right? The idea is, I'm going to respond to. I'm not just going to passively receive it. Even if it came from Allah, I'm still going to do something. I'm still going to... I mean, obviously it came from Allah, but like, I'm not going to just let everything happen to me. Uh, okay, so he's saying that our relationship with Allah is how we see... Like how Allah deals with us is how we hold Allah within ourselves. And that's by how much we fear Allah, how much knowledge we have of Allah, how much understanding we have about Allah. وَعَلَمْ أَنَّ مَنْ آثَرَ اللَّهَ آثَرَهُ وَمَنْ أَطَاعَهُ أَحَبَّهُ وَمَنْ تَرَكَ لَهُ شَيْئًا لَمْ يُعَذِّبْهُ بِي كما قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم دع ما يريبك إلى ما لا يريبك فإنك لن تجد فقد شيئا تركته لله yeah, This is amazing Subhanallah He said Know that the one who leaves something for Allah like basically, again, it's that word ithar. Remember when you prefer something else over yourself? So I have something I want, but I prefer Allah. If I do that, then Allah will prefer me. Okay, this is the idea. I give up something for the sake of Allah, Allah will take care of the person. Then it says, uh, and if you obey Allah, then Allah will love you. And if you leave something for Allah, then that thing won't be a source of punishment for that person. They'll be protected from that. Uh, and the Prophet ﷺ said, Leave that which causes you doubt for that which does not cause you doubt. Leave that which causes you doubt for that which does not cause you doubt. This is a really, uh, one of those broad statements from the Prophet ﷺ that is far-reaching in its guidance. You know? Sometimes, some things are known, some things are not. So if we were to take this problem that's been unfolding in front of us today, of me speaking about things I shouldn't speak about, then you know that in silence there's safety. Right? We would know that in silence there's safety. And there can be a question as to whether or not I'll be able to express what I'm trying to express in a way that's acceptable. So what would the right approach be? Go ahead. You can say it. So what would the right approach be? 
Which one are you sure about? Which one are you not sure about? Huh? The answer is. The answer is to not say it. Alhamdulillah, you know, for the most part, I didn't say everything that's on my mind. Alhamdulillah. Uh, he says, because you will not. This is a really hard sentence to translate. I remember when I first read this, I sent it to Sheikh Fuad and uh, Shireen. And uh, I told them, like, look how beautiful this sentence is in Arabic. It's, so, it's like, no matter how, even if you translate the concept, it won't be as beautiful as it is in Arabic. Uh, like, you won't find the loss of something that you left for Allah. You won't find the loss of something that you left for Allah. You know? Like, you know, it's something, you, you leave something, you, you feel a loss when you leave it, right? So if you left it for Allah, you won't find that loss. SubhanAllah. It's a really beautiful expression. Man, SubhanAllah. Like, the amount of... Knowledge, you get, like remember the the last time we met too, we had one right before the session that we're on now. He gives you like all these and do this with this, do this with this, do this with this. This this part is uh, again, it's um, uh, it's like so much knowledge in it. I have to read the whole paragraph, and then we'll try to translate it. Inshallah. He says, "Wahmil qalba an dhanni bi husn al al a life's work, basically. He said, protect your heart from bad opinion by good interpretation. Right? Protect your heart from bad opinion by good interpretation. So, we see something. There's always a number of different ways that we can interpret something. So different, a number of different stories we can tell ourselves about what happened or what it was. He says, give it a good interpretation. Again, don't understand this in the most extreme of circumstances, like regular everyday stuff, right? Uh, and repel hasad. So repel jealousy by not having, by having short hopes. Which means what? It's basically like you stop yourself from being jealous by focusing on what's in front of you. Okay, yeah, this person has this, and this person has this, and this person has that. I wish they didn't. I wish I had these things. So just focus on what's in front of you. Stop focusing on things that are distant. Focus on what's in front of you. Focus on what's in front of you, you lose that. Then he said, and get rid of arrogance by remembering the Sultan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like the, the strength and the power and the might of Allah. Get rid of the arrogance by remembering the might and the power of Allah. And... Uh, he says, and leave any action that will make it so that you have to apologize. Mm. Wow, what a beautiful statement. Ali radiallahu anhu, he said, 
إياك وما يسبق إلى العقول إنكاره وإن كان عندك اعتذاره فليس كل سامع نكرا يطيق أن تسمعه عذرا سبحان الله beautiful statement he said beware of things that if other people like um, if other people saw them or experienced them or basically they would immediately reject it okay so like there's things sometimes we have an excuse for it but the average person if they saw it they wouldn't understand it right so he says stay away from something that if average person saw it they would have to like question what is going on here right uh, and then he says even if you have an excuse for it because it's not the case that anyone who hears something from you that's that that causes some alarm that you'll be able to explain to them your excuse you see the um, so that's, that's a really interesting hikmah you know uh, Again, you understand these things with balance. Sometimes there's something we have to do, and it just has to get done. Some people might not understand it. There's still a greater good in doing it, you know? Even if we're not able to explain it or whatever else, it just has to be done. And, uh, you know, if you think about it, you'll see that there's many possibilities for this. But the general idea is trying to stay away from things that would need an apology afterwards, or an explanation or something like that. This to me actually is one of the big challenges of social media and online programming and all this kind of stuff, you know? Like when you post something online, everyone in the world sees it, theoretically. And they don't all know you, so they might interpret it in any number of different ways, right? But if you say it like in a gathering of people that you know, they all understand it right. They put it in the right place. When you put it out there, it's like you get all kinds of different perspectives on it. And then you have the other problem that half the people, more than half the people probably, that are reading stuff online don't actually know how to read. I, you know, like so, so many times I'm like, someone says something, I'm like, but like, did you read what was in front of you? Like, what you're saying was already responded to in the thing that you are responding to. Like, just read properly. You know, take a moment and read properly before you have something to say. SubhanAllah. Uh, Allah help us. You know, this whole like this the the speed at which things are happening makes it very difficult for people to read properly. Uh, Stay away from every situation that makes you kind of like have to overdo it. Uh, and and be and protect your religion by following. Find the good people, find people that are worth following, and follow them. And it'll be good for your religion. وَحْفَظَ أَمَانَتِكَ بِطَلْمِ الْعِلْمِ And take care, um, protect your responsibilities by seeking knowledge. Why? Because someone who has responsibilities, they can't possibly take care of their responsibilities if they're ignorant. They have to have knowledge in order to do that, to be able to put things in the right place and use them appropriately and so on. وَحَسْنَ عَقْلَكَ بِأَدَابِ أَهْلِ الْحِلْمِ And improve your intellect and protect your intellect by the etiquettes of the people of forbearance. People who can really like, uh, they can bear a lot on their shoulders. Because those kind of people, they see things more clearly. But people who don't have that, like they're just really agitated all the time and they can't handle anything, 
then they're not going to help you with your intellect. They're going to take you all over the place. Related to that, of course, is that we be careful who we seek advice from. SubhanAllah. In this regard, I always think about one brother. I uh, can't say that. If you remind me after the recording, I'll say it. DJ Vlad just got someone arrested, you know, put on trial. And to be careful of things you say online. Uh, and prepare patience for every situation. Prepare patience for every situation. As if we can, if we can have this capacity of sabr. Astaghfirullah. I'm going to stop after this because there's just sabr, 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 sabr. If we can get sabr, then we can use it in every situation. We get that capacity of sabr, we can use it in every situation. Wazam al khalwata bi dhikr. And stay in, um, like, take time out to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He, he, he explains it one way in the footnotes here. And he's, of course, Shaykh Abdul Futah, so, al Aini wa Ras. But, uh, I didn't actually understand it the way that he said it. But let's go with his understanding. So you take time out by yourself to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَصْحَبْ النِّعْمَ بِالشُّكْرِ And let, your, let the companion of your blessings be gratitude. Let the companions of your blessings be gratitude. So this is, mashallah, a lot of, uh, lot of advice here, mashallah. We'll continue from there next time. Any questions or comments or anything anyone has? Yes. Uh, can you go back to the story about the man and the donkey that was attacked? Yes. I just want the Quranic verse from that and I missed it. Uh, I don't want to mess it up. Uh, I can. It probably tells me the number. Doesn't actually tell me the number. أَمَّنْ يُجِيبُ الْمُطَرَّ إِذَا دَعَاهُ وَيَكْشِفُ السُّوءُ Oh, Surah Al-Naman. Surah Al-Naman. It's in Surah Al-Naman. أَمَّنْ يُجِيبُ الْمُطَرَّ إِذَا دَعَاهُ وَيَكْشِفُ السُّوءُ Who is the one who will answer the call of the one who is in a dire strait when he's called upon and he will take away their difficulty. Surah Al-Naman. Somewhere in Surah Al-Naman. This story is mentioned by Ibn Kathir in, uh, in his tafsir of the verse. Anyone else? Anything? What time is Maghrib? Because I'm assuming we're going to eat after Maghrib. Ten minutes? Ish? Eight minutes, good. Yes? Oh yeah, in the fir room in Qadrillah, ila Qadrillah. Yeah, that's the way. Yeah, yeah when they there was the plague, and uh, or there was like some disease, and and they he said if the disease is in that land, then we're not going into that land. And they said, are you Omar bin Khattab? And then they said, are you running away from the Qadr of Allah? He said, we leave the Qadr of Allah to the Qadr of Allah. 
Like that was the Qadr of Allah. Where we're going is also the Qadr of Allah. It's all Qadr of Allah. Yeah. yeah. Anyone else have anything? No? Subhanakum bihamdik, nashadu an la ilaha ilaha astaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Allahumma inna nasaluka al huda wa tuqa wa al-afaq wa al-ghina wa nastum bi satrik al-jameel wa nastum bi satrik al-jameel Allahumma inna nasaluka al-afaq wa al-afiyah wa al-mu'afaq al-da'ima fi al-dini wa al-duni wa al-akhir Rabbana atina fi al-dunya hasanatan wa fi al-akhirati hasanatan wa qina adab na Rabbana la tuzan kulubana ba'da idha daytana wa habalana min ladunka rahma inika anta wahab Rabbana atina min ladunka rahmatan wa hiyyat lana min amrina rashada nasru min Allahi wa fatihun qareebu mubashir al-mu'minin اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وزقنا جنابه اللهم زقنا حسن الخاتمة اللهم زقنا حسن الخاتمة اللهم عنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن إبادتك اللهم يا عالم السلمنا لا تهتك السترة عنا وعافنا وعف عنا وكلنا حيث كنا اللهم إيقظ قلوبنا لك ونبهنا من غفلة عنك وما إيقظ قلوبنا لك ونبهنا من غفلة عنك وما جعل آخر كلامنا لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وزر وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله عدد كمال الله وكما يليك بكماله سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون السلام على المسلمين الحمد لله رب العالمين جزاكم الله خير بارك الله فيكم إن شاء الله we'll you know just enjoy one another's company until Maghrib and then I think we eat after Maghrib is that right where is it where is it yeah Okay, alhamdulillah. Barakallahu feekum.